This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, Reet Maras, welcome back to Blue Army Podcast. This is episode 21. I am your host, Skelly, and on today's show, we have an interview for you. We have an interview with ex-Carlisle United youth protégé Alex Mitchell. He was a goalkeeper from about the age of under-14s at Carlisle until under-18s when he was released. Uh, We will talk about what it was like for him to be released for Carlisle at that time. He was in the same youth setup as Mark Gillespie, Gary Medine, Tom Aldridge, uh, Luke Joyce, a few other names to mention throughout there. He's been currently uh, recently working with Peter Murphy over at Annan. So we discussed a little bit of his current career before diving into his history with Carlisle United, their youth setup, and uh, then we go on to talk about what happened to him after Carlisle United with his time at the Workington Reds and, of course, Annan and the Phoenix Club that was sort of born out of what happened to the Brooks Marlson days over at Gretna. Now, you might wonder, or you might be thinking to yourself, Skelly doesn't sound his, his normal happy self this week, and... It's because I'm not. It's because I'm not that happy, to be completely honest. How could you be that happy when two of your best performers from last season have just walked out of the club after being offered peanuts and gone to a team, you know, 50 miles, I don't know, not whatever, so-called local rivals with a stadium half the size of ours, not even half the size of ours with facilities much, much less than the ones we have at Brunton Park. But yet, Offren, Zanzala and Farman have decided they are leaving Carlisle for Pastors New and have joined the Bluebirds. What is going on? What is going on at Carlisle United? What kind of contracts is this board offering these players? Both of these players are worth spending a bit of money on. Fair enough. I've had my criticisms of Farman's deal in the past. I do feel like Norman will be just as good as Farman when he's given the opportunity to be. So I wasn't necessarily desperate to see him sign on the line. But it is a bit of a surprise to see him go to a local rival. 
a local rival who didn't finish very well, uh, didn't have a great season. Obviously, they're looking to build and go forward over at Barrow. And I feel like maybe that's why I'm so pissed off, maybe. Maybe that's why I'm so pissed off. Maybe I'm jealous because Barrow is showing more ambition than Carlisle United, and that's never happened before. Maybe that's why I'm pissed off. 16 points between Carlisle and Barrow. Barrow finished 21st in the league. Carlisle finishing 10th. Barrow didn't barely get higher than 20th all year. But yeah, they've managed to poach two of our, uh, two of our better performers from last season. There were some comments released by Reese Bennett recently who described his offer of a contract from Carlisle as being, what was it, like disrespectful? I think that says a lot about the board and how they value players. I just don't think we're doing great, guys. I just don't think we're doing great. I think we're a bit stuck in a rut. And instead of plateauing, which some fans would be okay with, is the board are saying to us, we're going to sell. We will sell. When the opportunity comes, we'll sell the club. But they keep withdrawing investments and finances and things seem to be getting worse. And what they're doing is damaging the asset that they have in their hands at their disposal. They just keep damaging the asset that they actually have. They're not even willing to maintain what we did last year. What we did last year was a underachievement. Like a lot of us would have been thinking we'd end up somewhere a bit closer to the playoffs, or at least put up a bit more of a fight to be in those playoffs for the last sort of two to three games of the season. The worst thing we wanted to do is just sort of be in no man's land for the last couple of games, and that's what ended up happening. Well, that's a lie. The worst thing we wanted to do would obviously be get relegated. That would be the worst thing that would have happened. But, you know, with, with a team that was in the relegation area being better at recruiting than we are at the moment, it's worrying. It's worrying. Investment is needed. New owners seem to be needed. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this. I feel like this is a better conversation had between myself and somebody else. So we all know who I'm going to call in. I think we're going to get Wills involved. We're going to sit down and talk a little bit about this. Me and Will were always planning on doing another episode soon. We were kind of waiting for Carlisle to sign somebody. So we had a bit more to talk about. And we could talk about the people that have left and we could talk about the people that are coming in. So we're still going to have a couple of weeks so we, that can still happen. Hopefully we'll sign somebody and that'll give me and Will something positive to talk about. But yeah, we will, we will be talking about these two transfers at some point in the near future. But moving on from that, on today's show, like I've just mentioned, we have Alex Mitchell. It's a fantastic insight into what it's like being a youngster in football. Uh, we talk a lot about what the youth setup was like, the sort of turnover in players that would come in and out, the different personalities that he was in the youth setup with, and what it was like to play a bit of reserve team football, training with the first team. We talk a bit about cleaning boots, who gave him the biggest tips from cleaning boots. So yeah, it's a good, it's a really fun conversation. I know Alex from back in our school days. We weren't in the same year or anything like that, but we did know of each other. One of my ex-girlfriends at the time was friends with one of his girlfriends or something along those lines. But yeah, me and Alex spent a few evenings holding handbags outside of the women's toilets while our uh, 
prospective partners, ex-partners were using the facilities and had a couple of conversations which made this conversation a lot easier to have. So rather than rambling, we should probably get the ball rolling and start ploughing through our show. This is episode 21 of the Blue Army podcast and before we dive into our main nuggets of content, it's time for the Blue Army podcast joke of the week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the I mean, I could just say the Carlisle board, really, shouldn't I? Oh, right, that was an easy one. All right, all right, that was an easy one. That was an easy one. All right, here's another easy one anyway. This is a joke which my dad texted over to me and said, give this a crack. So here we go. I was addicted to the hokey pokey, but then I got turned around. Hmm? You do the okey cokey and you turn it all around and that's what it's all about. Hmm? I was addicted to the hokey pokey, but then I turned myself around. Cracker. Absolute cracker. I mean, you know, I, dad jokes. We, we, we like a dad joke. Why not? My jokes aren't any better than that, to be fair. I think that was a pretty good joke. Right, okay, so we've got past that. Everyone's in a good mood now. Everyone's got a little grin and a smile on their face thinking, fucking hell, I wish you just dropped this joke of the week thing, to be honest. The intro is funnier than the actual joke. But anyway, here we go, plowing on with the rest of the show with my conversation with semi-professional footballer. Here we go, plowing on with the rest of the show and my conversation with my good friend, Alex Mitchell. Here we go. There we are. Yeah, man, get there comfortable, are, okay. get comfortable. Have you got yourself a nice water or anything? You're all good for a yeah, sit down? Yeah, I've got a bottle here, mate. Yeah, I'm sorted. Mm. I'm sorted. You, are you keeping anyway? Very well, mate. Very well, yeah. Um, lockdown was kind to me, I have to say. Um, I, I think I used it pretty well. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite happy. Connection. I'm quite happy. How, how about you, man? How are you getting on? Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, like I'm a teacher, so a um, little bit different. difficult with work. Um, luckily, like we obviously, I wasn't... Like, I was getting paid, um, but obviously we're just teaching over Zoom, so it's kind of this this kind of um, what we're doing now is kind of a bit of the norm to me at the minute. Um, no, so, so you've been sitting, <laughs> you've been sitting and doing this kind of stuff for uh, what a year now. Probably, we went back in da, 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 March, uh, March this, this year, so it was a good it was a good three months of doing it like this, and it's got its pros and cons. But as a PE teacher, I, I, I couldn't really do. Obviously, couldn't do practical with them, so it was like a lot of uh, a lot of theory stuff. So it was it was it was all right. It was different, like I say, you just got to adapt, haven't you? I was gonna say, I thought like the whole <laughs> the whole PE world might uh, turn into this Joe Sug kind of culture, and then that's what all the PE teachers would kind of have to be doing, or at least sending the link and then <laughs> oh, <that's one. laughs> sharing your friend. screen and just making sure everyone else is doing it. <laughs> oh, our, yeah, he was our best friend, uh, Joe X, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I try to set like um, set set challenges, um, and, and the kids were responsive to it, so that's it. As long as they get something, but that's kind of that's kind of where we go from there. But that was all right to be fair, and then obviously just the. Uh, 
just back into trying to get back into the swing of things now. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, welcome our special guest. I can reveal who it is now. Uh, it's very exciting for me because he's an old friend of mine who I haven't spoken to in quite a while. I am joined by Alex Mitchell. Alex Mitchell, how are you getting on, mate? You all right? I'm not too bad yourself, mate. How's it going? I am grand, mate. I am grand. Thanks very much. Now, I was about to introduce you as um, an Annan player um, before we got recording, but you informed me of something a bit different there. So I was about to say, please welcome Alex Mitchell to the Blue Army podcast, current Annan goalkeeper. But what's gone on there, man? Uh, well, obviously, the season, luckily in Scotland, we were uh, we played pretty much start the pandemic. We shut we shut down over um, finished the first I think it was the second of January played the Scottish Cup game and then shut down till March then we had there was a manic end to the season playing Saturday Tuesday Thursday um, so it was crazy so we managed to get the rest of the season done um, kind of I played the majority again enjoyed it as a kind of play football enjoy that anyway um, and then I got offered a contract and kind of with my kind of life at the minute and my girlfriend's uh, due in September but I've had, I've had a better offer elsewhere I appreciate that uh, so I've had a better offer elsewhere so I'm uh, obviously a bit sad to leave Annan but um, looking forward to the next chapter which will which will come out in the next couple of days slash weeks I imagine Oh man, exciting times for you then. I can't wait to hear about that one. That's a good one. Um, so obviously at Annan, uh, the current manager there is Peter Murphy. Did uh, You've been at Annan more than once. You've been backwards and forwards between <laughs> Annan and Workington, but you've clocked over a, a lot of games for Annan uh, going backwards yeah. and forwards. What made you go back and play under Murph this time? Uh, so, to be fair, like, like I say, I've gone gone backwards and forwards a little bit. So, kind of finished my career at Carlisle. Obviously, I'm sure we'll talk about that later on. Finished there, then <laughs> uh, signed for Annan, and um, kind of took took me maybe six months or so to a year to get established there. Kind of played quite a lot of games, and then I just I was just looking after for, for a new challenge. This was before Murph came in. Went to Workington, had a decent year, um, got to the playoff final. Got beat off, beat off Salford, um, and then they decided to go elsewhere. Uh, another option, a goalie. Went back to Annan, um, played a season under the manager that originally left. Murph came in to replace him, and I played for him the last couple of years. And then it was a couple of years ago he he, he decided to let me go do kind of work commitments and whatnot. I was kind of I'm mean, missing a couple of games, and then I went with Danny Granger at Workington, which. Great guy, got a lot, really a lot of time for. He's, he kind of changed my game a little bit, uh, playing kind of playing out, playing out from the back. Um, but that time, I played a couple of games, and he he opted to go with another goalkeeper because um, it was me and another lad there. Um, and at that point, Murph ran me back up and asked me to go back. So that's kind of how I ended up going back there. So it was a bit like I say, I'm always, I'm always that type of person that don't burn bridges because I, I could have could have burned a couple of bridges, but uh, I think a little bit of maturity then. Just yeah, it worked out, and then obviously I've kind of I've spoken to Murph now, told him that I'm not I won't be accepting the contract, and again just kind of left it on mutual terms. 
one of the things I've really been impressed with when I've been researching for this uh, little interview chat that we're having now is, uh, you're right, you don't burn bridges. Uh, the few articles that are found via the News and Star and various independent websites when you've um, either been released or left the club is uh, you've done it on very good terms, very mature terms and almost... Um, by the end becoming just the norm for you to sort of like leave the bridges wide open. And obviously that led to you getting the backwards and forwards between Workington and Annan, which we'll get into more detail later. Alex, what I'm excited to do is uh, take us all on a bit of a journey from the start to the current day uh, of your footballing career. And uh, what I'd like to do is maybe set the mood you're a goalkeeper currently and you've been a goalkeeper sort of ever since you've you've oh actually that's that's my question really have you always <laughs> been a goalkeeper did you ever fancy yourself playing in any other position well I've tried uh, it's, it's fair when I, when I was younger so when, when did I start probably about six I think it was six when I, when I think it was in Gretna when I very really first started and my dad worked worked that side of the border and um, we kind of got playing there, and I, I was playing for them. And I, I was at kind of that age. You don't really have a position that you do. You just you just play. And then anyway, someone someone put me in goals because I was the tallest. Um, and then it's, <laughs> that, as it generally happened, I can imagine that happened with a lot of lot of kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I kind of I kind of I kind of took I took it from there. And um, I, can't, I, just, I, I like rolling around the muds. Yeah. Got to the point where I can't really uh, maintain the running for that long, so uh, jumping around and standing still that was kind of the best for me. But then, like I said, I enjoyed it. So that, yeah. that's that's kind of how, how how it really started. <laughs> <laughs> who were your sort of like the posters on the wall as as a young footballer, sort of coming up? Who who were your sort of sticker collection that you really wanted to get? Did you yeah. get the, the stickers and all that kind of oh, stuff? Too right, too right. this is a bit. I say not an embarrassed one. Because like when when I kind of got um, it was my kind of idol, maybe a goalkeeper really. He was going to have the massive ponytail, and I can imagine obviously thinking that like David Seaman. That was that was the main. <laughs> like that's that's probably the reason why I support Arsenal. To be honest, um, that's kind of my main guy. And then I look at the likes of uh, I it was David Beckham when I was when I was kind of growing up. Then more recently, it's probably Joe Hart. That's who I kind of look up to the most. Really, that's a kind of. Can't, I wouldn't say model my game off a little bit, but um, that's kind of who, who, I, who I've looked up to, really. I mean, your hair's looking healthy, so you must be on the head and shoulders, like uh, old hearted. <laughs> Could be, I know, more, more, than, more than being, I think. But, uh, well, yeah. No, yeah. So like, like, um, but now, like I say, he was, he was the main one. Then obviously, it kind of seems it's like a different world for goalkeepers now in terms of playing from the feet. So there's new, new goalies out there now, like Edison and Allison that just make it, they're just like outfield players with gloves on, essentially. <laughs> It seems to be the way that it's going, and you did mention there that Granger brought, has brought on brought on your game at a certain point to to be able to yeah. play out from the back. We will we will come back to that a little bit later on. But also, you've just mentioned there when you were six, you started at Gretna. Um, what I think is a fun thing to do because a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are local people to the yeah. Carlisle area is maybe just rifle off a few of the Sunday League, Saturday League team names that you might have <laughs> played for over the years. So. To be fair, there was only there's only been one. It was a uh, Pirelli. That was a uh, oh my god, when was that ago? Um, under nines, tens, elevens, twelves, and that's um, four years. Four years at Pirelli, and luckily enough, like when I was there, there was um, a fella called Gareth Livingston. Um, 
he was he's essentially the assistant manager but goalie coach and he, he looked after me early on and like I, I, keep, I still keep in contact with him every now and again now and just just to check up check uh, touch base with him but he's kind of he was my first real insight to goalkeeping kind of pushed me a little bit from there then obviously got taken on by Carl and kind of snowballed a little bit to an extent from there oh man beautiful I will say I have to put in there like I went I went to the Pirelli sort of five-a-side tournament with my team. Were they still doing that when you were playing for Pirelli? Did you yeah, get to have the, home- yeah. Yeah, the hometown yeah. tournament? Now, the ball rolled oh, under one of the trucks and the back of my kit and the back of my hair got covered in oil and I got absolutely <laughs> bollocked for that, mate. Absolutely. So I'll always remember the Pirelli <laughs> Cup for that very yeah. reason. <laughs> but yeah. it, was a great stab- it was a great team. It was a great com- community team. You know, they, they had those facilities that we, they were willing to give to the community, which oh, has always definitely. been uh, a cap tip to them because they still maintain a pitch um, because oh, I used to take my dogs yeah. for walks on it all the time at Morton <laughs> Way. <laughs> yeah. No, good. no um, like I said, I think, I think you need that for grassroots level. You need a little bit of something off those big companies around here to put a little bit, or kind of give something back really, don't you? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. So was it via Pirelli um, or maybe a school team when you first got seen by Carlisle? Uh, I think it was, it was um, by Pirelli. When I was, obviously, I signed for Pirelli. Under 10s, I think it was. Um, and Carlisle, to be fair, they spoke to me a few times. And at that age, I was like, I, I just wanted to be with my friends. Um, I, it didn't really interest me going there at the time. Like I said, so I'm talking... Nine, ten, eleven, and nice. I, I did play. I, I played a couple of games here and there for them when, to help them out. And then once I got to secondary school, it got a li- little bit more serious under twelves, and um, they, they asked me to sign from there. And I was like, that, I thought that that was the time for me to 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 make the make my step up really. So by that point, you were very much um, an established goalkeeper in your own mindset. You were like, this is my position. This is where I'm playing yeah. week in, week out. Now. I met you through school and the first time I got to see you play, you were under uh, some kind of Carlisle youth contract, but you were playing in a sort of county cup for the colleges versus the six forms sort of thing oh, at yeah, Guildford yeah. <laughs> Park. Yeah. Now, I've always wondered, was that above board? Were you allowed to do that? Or when you signed these contracts with, with a team car- like Carlisle, are you supposed to be exclusive? No, uh, oh, I don't know. Actually, never. I don't think I really crossed that bridge. Um, it was, it was um, that was that was a school. I think it was a school game because I, I tended to, like, say, goalkeepers. I should say, these reasonable goalkeepers or average ability goalkeepers, quite hard to come by. Um, so I generally played for every year group above me uh, when I was at school. So I think it was I think it was in year nine playing for the sixth form at some point and stuff like that. I think that was maybe the game you're talking about. Um, yeah, yeah, you were no, in so the younger play, year, you were, yeah. Yeah, so I played. Uh, yeah, played for played for the school, then played for like the city school boys and the the county as well. And Carla will always were always okay with that, to be honest. So look like I was kind of grateful. I think I, I don't know what the what kind of what the script is now with it, but at, at that time, it, everything it was like kind of all cohesive and it all worked out. Was it a, was it a one horse race? Was it just Carlisle that were going in? But he, he uh, did he try and send you some boots and some training kits and that kind of thing? Is is that a done thing at that level? Um, I'm trying to think of. I, I can remember getting a couple of pairs of boots to kind of maybe sway me a little bit. Um, I've got the <laughs> you got the kits and stuff like that, the training gear. So, like I say, once well, that was after that. Obviously, I've signed. I got all that, and then just think 
yeah, it's kind of gone from kind of maybe paying for your own kit at kind of the grassroots level to kind of going to a little bit more kind of the professional environment. That's I think it was a little bit of a step up then. Kind of, so you can't turn it down really, can you? It's where I wanted to be really. So you were only around 12, 13 when that was going on when you first signed for Carlisle. So how did that feel? Was it a conflicting um, emotions between leaving certain friends behind and, and taking on a new challenge? Did you feel it was a step up for you when you when you moved on to do that? It de- definitely was. A, so it was conflicting at the start because I was I was running an hour in whether to start with whether it was the right decision because especially at kind of school level, you kind of you just want to play your friends, don't you, as much as much as you possibly can but kind of like once I got into the mindset I think right this is what I want to want to do when I leave school or as a career I thought I'm going to have to I'll, I'll potentially run out of options if, if I keep turning down they will eventually find someone uh, so I, I took I kind of not bit the bullet but I thought right look I've kind of like I said there I've established myself at kind of Saturday Sunday league level can I can I push myself can I see what I'm like at that level and uh, like I said I, I I think I've done all right. So obviously got to the youth team level and uh, I've done all right through under 14s, 15s, 16s under various different managers. Now, are you thinking at any point along that sort of 14, 15, 16, that there's a, there might be a gap for you coming through? Are you getting various notes off various managers as you're coming through? Are there encouraging signs or, or is there certain players that you notice that are getting taken under the wing and certain players that are maybe just sort of filling gaps along the way. What is, what's the atmosphere like at a youth level? Is it really competitive? And is there a lot of sort of like back door conversations maybe? Is, is this, uh, is this before like kind of after or post 16, is it or, or before 16? Uh, uh, be- before 16, obviously you go on to do your full YTS after yeah. that, but um, just like before um, you get your full YTS, it must be quite cutthroat. It is a little bit because it's, um, Kind of at any level of football, you're either good enough, but you're not. Um, and I think I was kind of I, I signed my y, YTS quite early. To be honest, I think there was a there was a couple in my my yoga we signed quite early, so we kind of knew we were kind of going going to go into that next level anyway. But um, like I said, I, I, I've always been lucky enough. I've kind of had a little bit about me to stand out a little bit to an extent, if I'm if that right term phrase, but. Um, no, like, like from my experience, everyone got an arm, arm on the shoulder thing. Like, come on, you need to do this to improve, or you're doing well. That's that's that, that's from my experience. Anyway, it could be different from those that potentially didn't make it the next that next level to your team level. So I can imagine you were the established number one going through those age groups. Yeah, there was there was a couple of the good uh, good goalkeepers. There was um, Kelvin. There was Kelvin, uh, one of the uh, twins. He was. Yeah, right up the way until uh, I think it was what, under 14s he was there. Got on really well with him. Um, and then just various uh, lads coming in just to see what they like, whether we're going half a game or kind of quarter of a game with myself. But I was kind of always there, there or thereabouts, to be honest. So is that is that goalkeepers union a real thing then? Do you all do you all back each other? <laughs> oh, oh, definitely, definitely. Like I say, it's um, <laughs> bit of a bit of a bit of an odd breed, as people will say. But um, like I said, there's it's the easiest position to blame when a goal goes in. So if you're the goalkeeper's not got your back and other people are going through your slate and you, you need you need that little bit of something. And obviously, like, into close working environment as well. So often the players will go off and do their own thing and the goalies will have to do their own thing. That's kind of generally how it, how it kind of is. So like I've, I've had a few 
not bad relationships with the goalkeepers in the past, but a bit of friction there. Um, I said, I wouldn't like to say it was myself. I think I'm generally all right in most terms, but they've just not seen eye to eye with me. So it kind of makes it a little bit awkward or difficult, but it is, it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it'll be a competitive uh, place to be, the training ground at moments. I could completely uh, imagine that one. When you are coming through, um, before you get into the ages of 16, what's the turnover like at that level? Is it sort of like five players go, five players come in? Is it, is there a, is it, or is it just whatever, like one season you'll come back from pre-season and it's just a whole field of new players in front of you that you've got to play with? No, I think I think generally they've got like a like a core of players that they kind of you can kind of maybe see from an early age if they've if they got hopeful. Um, so I'm trying to think. There's about seven. I'm just I'm I'm just going off what I can remember from my from my age groups going through the years. So there's about seven players. Thought the whole the whole from Mark from me it was under 12s to under 16s uh, that stayed, and then there was just they just brought lads in from every uh, kind of every now and again just to see. Whether they they could make the make the step up. Now, when you're going along the way and you've been established for a couple of years at that level, you must be one of the um, bigger characters in the changing room. Uh, but you'll notice when people come into that changing room and the effect that they have during your time in the youth setup. Was there anybody you felt when they came in uh, just had like, wow, this guy can really play football? Just like, just really impressed you when they first came in. Again, is this, is this uh, before the youth team level? Is this uh, under 16, is it? We're getting, we're getting, we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Sorry. Oh, okay. So, um, to be fair, we're all um, obviously the lads that had been there for a while. We all knew each other. We we were um, like kind of a bit of a close bunch, but it's always awkward, like not awkward, but nervous for those that come in from a, like a trial sort of basis. Um, so you kind of got to make them feel comfortable. But again, you, what are we 14, 15 at this time? It's a little bit. Like you kind of know who your friends are a little bit. It's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit of an awkward environment. But no, I've, I've, for me personally, I've never been a bit like a big character in the dressing room in terms of being verbal and on the pitch. I'm, I'm, I'm opposite to, but I'm kind of just, I, I generally just get on with everyone. That's that's kind of my my role. I'm not the big loud character or the joke. I'll say my piece when it's uh, when it's needed. But uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm no stretch of the imagination the biggest. Loudest in the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously now we'll move on. Sorry, so we'll get we'll get into that over 16s, uh, under 18s, yep. the full YTS experience. We'll go for that. At that level, there's a couple of lads that are in housing, I believe, and we would hear stories at school about um, <laughs> things that would go on at the old YTS house, but. I don't want to dirty anyone's name at all. I'll just leave that exactly where it lies. Um, but what I will say is when you're getting into that age, you're mixing with people from completely different backgrounds and you're meeting people that you've never met before and um, talented players that have been let go by um, maybe bigger youth setups end up dripping down at that age to a team like Carlisle. Um, do you remember any of those names at that age coming coming in at Carlisle between the ages of, of 16, 17 and thinking this guy's probably going to take uh, a pro deal or this guy's a step above what we currently have? Yeah, definitely. There was uh, standouts from kind of when I went there, to be honest. Um, like the one you can look straight away is uh, Gary Medine. Like he, he um he was obviously he was a year above me, but yeah, he was you could see he was got he had something about him straight away. 
Um, I could like bloody name drop a couple of names here, but um, like uh, Andrew Cook, I, I think he's it Tranmere off the top of my head. Yeah, or is it Bradford? One of the two. I can't remember where he's at, but he's uh, he's he's doing well for himself. Um, Tom Aldred, um, I think he's playing for Brisbane Raw. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like I say we've had we've had a we've had a decent we've had lads that have made like a, a real good career of it. Mark Gillespie, uh, he was a year below me. Obviously, mm-hmm. Newcastle United third choice now. Um, but yeah, no, like fair, like fair play to them. Obviously, there's, there's, I think in this game you get you get what you deserve. To be honest, um, and obviously the, the flying now they've made. If you want to think about financially, they made the made the money from the game, or the the, the highest level they've possibly been at. They've all sort of left the mark on Carlisle in their own way as well. I would say, especially when you come from that youth system, people do like to keep tabs on you now there was a bit of a legendary figure that used to look after the carlisle under 18s team and i want to make sure i get his name right here so you can correct me if you need to is it eric kinder yeah great guy great eric guy kinder. Uh, what can you t- what can you tell us about eric kinder and the way that he gave you your sort of um footballing scholarship um to be fair um what was it when i must have been I'd have been under 16, no, under 16. I'd have been 15 at this point. He um, played a school game, got the call to come into the club and uh, sign a contract. He'd, he'd been in the job for a week. I don't think he'd even seen me play. I think he just heard reports that, um, that, that, he, that he needed to sign me up. Um, so they signed me up. Never see, he'd never seen me play, never seen me train. Um, and then, obviously, signed me up, had the talk and everything. I, in the first game, he could watch me. I'm pretty sure I had a nightmare. I had an absolute stinker and I was thinking, oh my God. And then obviously kind of develop from there. But um, yeah, that was the first, that, that's it. Once it once at 16, the first sign of the first sign the first scholarship um, becomes a little bit more real there. Um, a little bit more more real in terms of like seriousness. So people's people's jobs were on the line essentially. Um, and to be fair, like the first first few months I I struggled drastically. Like I, I was ready to throw in the towel. It was I had a few had a bit of a health issue. Um health issue early on that kind of knocked me for six a little bit I struggled in terms of pre-season couldn't get myself right sat on the bench for a couple of months and um, kind of like fair play to the staff they looked after me the lads looked after me and um, they have an arm on the shoulder and I kind of I kicked on from there a little bit Do you remember who was um, above you during that time period? It was Grant Carson Scott Carson's brother ah, that's who it was There it is so, uh, I wanted to get that name drop in there <laughs> Yeah, so like he, um, yeah, no, he, he was good as well. He, um, he even little things like um, he was getting bro- um, goalie gloves off his brother and just handing them down to me, just little oh, bits nice. like that. It's just oh, little things like that, just looking after each other. And it's, uh, it's, it's massive. Goalkeepers' union strikes again. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Now, I'm, uh, I'm I'm not talking about necessarily just between the sixteens and eighteens here. Um, what a lot of people. Uh, missing about football, these sort of older heads are thinking, when, when did the YTS lads stop cleaning boots and all that kind of stuff? Was that something <laughs> you actually had to do? Did you clean boots? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We all, we all did it. Um, yeah, yeah. We got, we got like, you'll have heard it, I suppose, like in any job that you lads get battered, um, what we were doing. <laughs> Like, like little bits like cleaning the dressing rooms, the toilets, the boot room, obviously cleaning boots. What the worst job in the world was um, we had to change the ice baths. 
So like um, in the middle of winter, you had to obviously the big like ice on the out, out, they were outside. By the way, so there's a layer of ice on top of these these ice, but you had to crack the ice for the first team to jump in. It, oh, yeah, some bad times doing that. But um, nah, just it, 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 it's little jobs. So like, like I say, you hated it at the time, but then it's it set you like um, like your standards from now on. Uh, so they so we got who's there? Who's the coach at the time? Oh, I can't remember his name. I can't remember the first thing. I'll, it'll come to me later on, but um, really old school, really old school. And he, he he did not accept anything that was out of line. So it was a bit of dust anywhere. He would he would go through us. And mm-hmm. like I said, I think, I think I've like carried that on through uh, through my life as it is. Like, so don't accept um, any, like if you're not doing it, you're doing a job, do it properly. No point doing it twice, is it? <laughs> That's like kind of what you installed in us. Yeah. Do you remember whose boots you were cleaning? Um, I had a few to be fair. I had um, Joe Annie Inter when he was on loan, um, Chris Howarth, I had Ben Annick when he came on loan, um, Luke. Did I have Joycey? I think I maybe had Joycey, um, Scott Dolby. Scott Dolby, that was one, that was a big one. Who yeah, was your that, big tipper, uh, Scott Dolby? Was it Scott Dolby? Yeah, he looked after me, he looked after me. He was a great guy as well. Really good, nice guy. big Christmas tip, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, um, obviously, now you've sort of revealed a little bit of, uh, of of your age a little bit there, and you've shown us who was in the first team during your youth team years. Um, who, who were the goalkeepers that you had to uh, look up to and who maybe had the most impact on you during your youth team years? Who was the, the first team goalkeepers that impressed you? You maybe modelled the so game the, after a little bit? Yeah, so the, the first, my first year was, um, what do you call him, Kieran Westwood. Hmm. Um and I think like he obviously he got the he got a decent move after then like my first like his first year me being there and yeah I just thought he was like I thought he was unbelievable and um, he had a massive impact I think even a few of the first team lads said like I, I moved very similar to him on the pitch um, I was like saying they modelled my my game off him a little bit um, <laughs> completely different characters like he was obviously he was a big loud. <laughs> yeah. He knew what he wanted. He would, he would not take anything from anyone. If anyone got in his way, he would clear, like stomp on the way if they try to get in the way of his career. And obviously, that was chalk and cheese to me. Whereas I'm, especially at that age, I was a little bit like just a little bit of passive. Um, <laughs> but no, he, he, good guy. Once he left, um, he sent me text me saying not like all the best of the future and everything. So kind of got nothing but. Good words for him to be honest. I think he, I think it was a couple of times. He had, he had me up by the scuff of the neck one, one training session because he thought he had his, um, he thought he had his training top on, which I didn't. So like I'm <laughs> with a scuff, of, I'm a 15 year old at this point, got a scuff of the neck. I'm like, sorry, but uh, that is what it is. Like I say, water under the bridge now since he's. Uh, I didn't apologize. Just wish me all the best. So. I don't think anyone would be too surprised by that. We've, we've got a couple of Kieran Westwood stories to, to get our <laughs> way through. Um, I'm thinking about yeah. turning it into a segment, to be honest. I've got a couple of Peter Murphy stories that people have emailed me before. And uh, I've got two <laughs> Kieran Westwood stories. So I'm thinking that's going to be one of my episodes is I'm going to just reel Actually, these stories. <laughs> yeah, there's a, I reckon you'll be able to find a few as well. <laughs> <laughs> so... When you're getting between the ages of 16 to 18 and you're looking, um, this is when I, I kind of met you, to be honest, and when I started speaking to you. And I remember us having a conversation about you playing a reserve team game against Aston Villa. And um, yep. 
playing against Nathan Delfonso, who at the time was a bit of a football manager, sort of wonder kid, <laughs> legend yeah. sort of thing. And you described a shot that he he hit against you as being maybe the most powerful that you'd handle at, at that particular time of your career so far. Yeah. Um, do, what was what was the conversation like? He was the first person that speaks to you when you start making that transition between youth team, reserve team, maybe even did you start appearing in the first team training? Were you starting to help out there as well? Yeah, so like, I, I was lucky enough. Um, I, I was training with the first team when I was 15. So like, when I when I had days off, like kind of half term from school, then I got asked to go in with the first team goalies, then um, kind of helped out, helped out with the shooting. And then as I got kind of 16, 17, um, that's what I was doing, like kind of the, the proper training with them as well. So I probably trained more with the first team than I did with the uh, youth team. That's kind of how that, that's kind of how the goalies goalies worked. Um, but so that, that that particular game we mentioned there, that was the uh, youth cup. That was the FA Youth Cup quarterfinal right. against Aston Villa. Um, so we had, we had a really good run that year. So we played we played Man United um, a couple of rounds before we. So again, I'll throw some names in there. Danny Danny Welbeck played. He scored. Federico Makeda. That was the same year he made that breakthrough into the first team. Scored the goal against Villa, I think it was. Um, ben Amos, I think he even had a stint at Carlisle at some point. He's mm-hmm. at Charlton now. Um, Sheffield United midfielder now. Oh, it takes all the free kicks. I can't remember his name. <laughs> can't remember his name. He played. Uh, so we, we played that one. Then obviously beat them. Played Southend. I, I didn't know any lads from Southend. Then we played Aston Villa after that. And Talk about Nelson uh, Nathan Delfonso there. Like I've, I've still got all the paper clippings from when I played because it was quite that was quite a big deal at the time. Um, like we, he was dubbed as the like the next Didier Drogba, so we were like absolutely petrified. We um, Eric Kinder showed us like uh, the scouting report and all the plays, and it was like watch of him, watch of him. It was like like every single play is like ten out of ten, ten out of ten, and we're like. How do we deal with this? But um, that was it was a close game. It was an enjoyable game. Probably should have nicked something towards the end, but um, as as football goes, you get what you get. <laughs> <laughs> now, who was the uh, the first team managers? We've talked about the goalkeepers that were maybe there, but who was the sort of like the first team manager that was uh, maybe started talking to you first and and uh, was started to have an impact on 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 you? So it was when I first signed um, scholarship. Um, it was Neil. McDonald's. He was only there for a couple of weeks. Um, then he got, I can't remember if he got sacked or really moved on. Um, and then it was John Ward. He came in from Cheltenham. And that, kind of, that was the year they kind of went to the playoffs and they got um, past Leeds. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of time for him. He, he, he seemed to rate me. It was, uh, it was the, um, so it was John Ward. Greg Abbott was underneath him. And then it was, um, I, can't, I can't remember the coach's name. It's killing me. Um, was it Eric Booth? Oh, no, he was Dennis Booth. Dennis Booth, that's who it was. Yeah, yeah, really really good guy. He seemed to, he seemed to like me as well. Um, and then goalkeeper coach at this point was Simon Smith. And again, Simon Smith's at Newcastle now, uh, first team. So look, like my first year was unbelievable. Um, spoke to, kind of, there was talks of a lot of us in that age group were going to sign first year pros quite early on um, and then kind of um, obviously the end of that season going into my second year people thought I was really going to kick on I'll obviously talk about later on when it obviously didn't but um, John Ward got the sack and it obviously just never never really never really happened for me from there 
Who was it? Okay, it was Greg Abbott that uh, took over after Ward. You obviously just touched on there what sort of uh, happened after after Ward moved on. Now we've also just had a little bit of a touch on Mark Gillespie as well. Um, how long was he sort of under you in the youth system? How long? Uh, how many years was he there while you were there? Was he side by side with you for most of it? No, just 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 a year. So I was I'm a year year older than him. So he. So when I was my second year, he came in as a first year. Um, so he, to be fair, he didn't, he didn't really play a lot that year. Um, it was, again, a bit of a step. Although he was coming from Newcastle, it was a bit of a step up. So he, like, kind of, even like looking at like, when he played at Motherwell a couple of years ago, and I kind of obviously followed that a little bit more because obviously doesn't, Prem doesn't appear as much now. But he was, um, I couldn't believe how much his games kicked on, to be honest. Because um, he, he, he'll say it himself, like the biggest thing he struggled with was his distribution. And then obviously now, like he's well, obviously he wouldn't have got the move to, he wouldn't have had the career he's had if he hadn't uh, put the hours in, to be honest. And he's got what he deserves. Yeah, it's obviously Greg took a, a bit of a shine into him, obviously, in a way that that, that Wards obviously took a shine in to you. And obviously, managers have that way of wanting to put a stamp on things, and timing can just be what timing is, unfortunately, at certain times. But were you were you expecting to, to have a deal extended to you, at least like a one-year sort of deal, pro deal? Or, or was, was there a conversation? Was that a conversation never had? Or what was going on around no, that time? Ne- ne- never really. Other than John Ward maybe mentioned it to Eric and then Eric kind of filtered it down to the few of the lads. Um, nothing was ever mentioned. Um, it was getting... it was getting. I kind of... I got the vibe from Greg Abbott just around the training ground that he, I, I just wasn't his cup of tea. He just didn't... Don't think you really rating me. Um, again, it's a game of opinions, um, and I, 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 I kind of you take it with a pinch of salt. You kind of, I can't. I, I just took it as an opportunity to do what I can um, to try and like kind of prove them wrong. But obviously, it didn't work out. But um, yeah, look, looking back, I think out of the two years, I, I think I only played ten reserve games, and out of those ten reserve games, I, I, I did do myself justice. To be fair. Um, Got let the nerves get the better of me, to be honest. And I think that's kind of why it didn't really, really work out for me, to be honest. Well, I don't want to dwell on that for too long, to be completely honest, because I don't think there's there's too much ground to cover there once you've <laughs> once you've been as open and honest as you have as you have been. So I really appreciate that, Alex. Yeah, Thanks very that's much. All right. During the time Carlisle were on the ascent, there was another team across the border that were also on the way up before they came <laughs> crashing down to reality. They were Gretna, your childhood associated team. But it wasn't just Gretna, it was a sort of Phoenix club of Gretna. Gretna 2008. Now, obviously, you've just been released from Carlisle as far as this interview's timeline goes and you must have a couple of options on the table as far as local teams go where it goes as a uh, Kendall, Gretna, Annan and uh, Workington there's this teams around that you can obviously have a carry on playing for and then maybe a, a contact you maybe had an arm reached out to Wardy but what made you pick Gretna what was it about that sort of like turnaround what was it that, that put them first in your, in your mind as, as being the funnest project to sort of uh, go forward with your footballing career so it's strange actually I got I got released so I'm going back on there got released the day after um, Queen and South contacted me um, they asked me to go train with them they train in Glasgow so that's a Dumfries club so they train in Glasgow so I trained there trained well they seem to like me. Um, and then they've asked us to come back for pre-season. 
and then yeah, kind of not, obviously waited a little bit and nothing came of it. I was kind of like, so I thought I'm, I'm going to have to move on. So anyway, um, Annan spoke to me, Gretna spoke to me. Um, the thing that swayed my decision, obviously Annan were in the league at this point. Um, Annan said, you're probably going to look at sitting on the bench for the first six months to a year. Whereas Gretna sold it. Um, you're, you're coming in as number one. You're playing senior football. And for, for the biggest thing I've been told in my career as a kid was play games no no one will ever talk about you if you're not playing games um so I was what my 18 18 at this point I thought right, I just need to get games played played every week and I done all right enjoyed it really enjoyed it we uh, had a cup final at that point we won that one I think I lost lost a cup final as well um but not really enjoyed it that was kind of my first experience of playing scene like kind of senior football where like when I'm playing when I was playing against me on age I was like kind of reasonably comfortable but this, like, obviously, it's a different kettle of fish when it comes to uh, in terms of physicality and games mean something. If you if you know what I mean, is the changing room vibe a little bit daunting from going from uh, this under 18s to going into changing rooms where you might have people that are upwards of forty? Yeah, definitely. Just a just different uh, different crack altogether. To be honest, like so I'm we used to, especially at kind of 18, 19, you, you can imagine the type of conversation, like kind of crack that's going around. It's <laughs> kind of going out to new, kind of potentially meeting girls, if that's that's whatever floats your boat. Um, it's kind of that sort of stuff, cars, stuff like that. Whereas when we get into a, obviously a bit more senior, kind of obviously that crack's still there, but kind of a little bit more like, well, what was work like today? How's the, how's the little one getting on? Uh, thing, just little things like that, just a little bit more mature and that I can it sets you up for like other experiences in life to be honest other than just football it's kind of you're dealing with different people every day isn't it yeah true was there anyone sort of left over from the Gretna heydays that was still there no I don't think so I don't think so it was a completely so. different um, team by that point yeah yeah completely re- completely different reason. other than obviously the name Gretna and um, Raydale Park there was there was nothing nothing so was it after Gretna, was it Annan or was it Workington? It was Annan. Annan for It was Annan. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I've got my information correct, so I'm getting confident now. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, because like I, I, I went back and forth a few times, it's it. It just wrote <laughs> a little bit. I have to get my timeline right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mo- made the move over to Annan. What was it that made you do that? Was it just um, when, when they said to you in the first place, that the position won't be available for maybe six months to a year. Was it six months to a year afterwards where, you know, they were just like, yeah, the position's available or what, what was it that swayed you? It was a year. So I played the full season at Gretna and then I had option to stay at Gretna or sign for Annan. And um, no, I'm lying actually. I'm lying. I'm telling, I'm not telling the truth. I signed for, so I played, I played the year. I did play the year at Gretna. Got off the contract to stay at Gretna. Heard nothing from Annan. Um, but my thought was, because I was still speaking to Queen herself at this point, uh, so they asked me to go and train. So I was training with them. Um, not with, whether it was a view to contract or whether it was trials, but I, I trained pretty much there uh, pre-season. And then held off my contract to uh, Gretna to see whether something was going to happen. But the manager was getting a little bit impatient, as you can imagine. <laughs> um, and so at this point, I'm still thinking full-time football is where I want to be. Professional game, that's where I want to be. Um so I was trying to get into my. So I was trying to say, like, look, give me a chance. If nothing works out, I will. I will stay. I will stay at Gretna. Um, but kind of, he wasn't really happy with that. So we got into a point where we talked about a um, 
we signed a contract, we had a, like a, a release clause in there. Um, so if a full-time team did come and want me, I could potentially pack my bags and leave straight away. So I got that in my contract. Um, played, played. So where are we up to now? So this is kind of like August time. Signed sign that contract. It's August, uh, September time. And then probably probably around November time, I brought I brought my hand in a game. Um, obviously missed a few games. The manager's trying to make me play with a broken hand. Jesus, um, lower league so in like, yeah. So um, so I was like, no, I can't do it. And then he he didn't enjoy. He kind of didn't really didn't really uh, shine to me this way he had done before. So not um, much sympathy. No, nah, so that that's when I um, name drop here. Uh, Tony Cake got in contact with Tony Cake. Kind of been close with him for quite a while now. Love he spoke Tony to Anne. Yeah, great guy. Uh, spoke yeah. to um, he spoke to Anne and got me in training with there. So this is round just before Christmas, and then kind of January. That's when I got got offered a contract, and I, I went straight to Anne. Beautiful man, I can't believe it was Tony Keg as well that got the other move over that way. He's, he's a bit of a legend in my eyes. I went to his goalkeeping school as a youngster. Obviously, I never, I never quite climbed to your kind of levels, but he, uh, he, he, he was a great guy, great guy, just a great guy, like um, great personality. So you've yeah. done that. You've made the move over there. You've got to Annan after you've been a bit sorely treated um, with 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 Gretna two thousand and eight. You're at Annan, and this is, you know, proper. It's supposed to be a step up from Gretna. Did, could you, did you feel that? Yeah. Was was it a, was it physically a step up for you? Or obviously, oh, you're definitely. getting older, you're getting more mature. Did it feel like going into the changing room wasn't too big of a deal for you? But you know, what what were your contrasts? Um, again, I've gone from kind of been at Gretna, where I was kind of like kind of one of the one of the not standout players, but. I'd, Kind of, I was, I was, I was okay. I was, I was starting every game. I was confident. I was comfortable. Uh, gone into, and to be fair, that the Gretna team was is quite, uh, we we're quite all similar age. We we're all kind of young, early twenties, uh, late teens. So we're kind of similar sort of stuff. There's a couple of older ones, but then when we go to Gretna, uh, go to Anne, and, and there was more twenty fives to thirties there. So I've kind of gone in, kind of just a young boy to be honest. I'm, all, I'm still only on my nineteen at this point. 1920 um yeah 1920 um so again similar 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 to what I am like now just kind of I get on with everyone um I'm not going to be the loudest in the changing room I'm not going to I'm not anywhere anywhere I go anywhere now I'm not I don't want to be the loudest in the room that's that's just that's not me to be honest uh but like I say it's just you just got to kind of you see you see your kind of role but like I say I just kind of got on with everyone to be honest that was kind of where I took it Annan were uh, the newest side in Scotland at that point when you when you joined them. There was a, there was a, a notion from the rest of the league that you were the runt of the litter and you would just struggle for a couple of years, like your East Stirling type of team and just turmoil for maybe a couple of years before you found your feet. But actually, Annan started winning games and became quite competitive at their level um, within a couple of seasons, and um, it did catch the eye of, uh, of of a couple of fans. But I don't feel like Alan ever reached the fame that Gretna ever got to with the Brooke Milesons ownership, all of that kind of thing. When you were at Carlisle and you could see all that money over there on the border in, in Gretna, was there ever a little thought in the back of your head or was there ever any talks with Gretna or was there, was there anything? Because you know, they had the money, they were tapping players. <laughs> yeah, 
definitely, I, I kind of thought, like, like, if Carlisle doesn't work out, if Gretna's still about, then kind of potentially something could be across there. But regardless of the money, I wasn't really bothered about money at this point. But um, yeah, I thought, like, see, I just want to be in the professional game. That's kind of where the where I've seen myself, even even now, as long as I'm in the professional game, I, I'm, I'm happy, to be honest. And obviously that went Pete Tones <laughs> when I uh, when I uh, sat, uh, when I left Carlisle. So obviously I had to make a make a different way, a different way into it. So was it two years at Annan this time? Your first time at Annan? Oh, gee whiz! Uh, you testing me here. <laughs> uh, I reckon I reckon it was three, three okay. or four. <laughs> three or four you clocked up a fair few appearances anyway as far as I can see here yeah um, I, th- but- I think I must I must I must be two, two, 200 250 I think yeah yeah I mean you were up there <laughs> yeah. definitely up there I don't know how accurate the internet thing is to be honest I don't think it's probably uh, as fair, accurate that's as you uh, that's what that's what I'm going off to be honest. It could be miles off that to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, you 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 made your way over to Workington. Were, what was it that made you move over to Workington? What was it the big <laughs> thing that that got you to go over that way then? Um, so at the time it was Gav Skelton in charge, um, and I, I just heard really good things about him. He, um, so before my contract ended and in that season that decided um, that was thought right I could do with a new challenge um, he got Gav, Gav contacted me and kind of said look I'm interested um, what what your thoughts and I thought yeah I said like look I've heard uh, great things about you I'd like to come yeah so he's so he asked me to meet him and uh, kind of discuss potential contracts um, so I was like yeah yeah well, for that. anyway the, like, the day later um, he's he's left Workington and gone um, assistant manager at Queen of the South. Yeah. So I was like, so I was like, oh my Queen God, of the this South like, again. <laughs> yes, this sort of sums up my blunt, this sums up my look. So anyway, um, <laughs> Derek Townsley, Derek Townsley took in charge, uh, took over, and um, Gav, Gav did ring me out of courtesy, like fair play to him. Like, he didn't have to bother me at all. He rang me um, and said, "Look, it's, the offer will still be there. Or, obviously, albeit I won't be there, but the, your, your offer will still be there." So I was like, "No, I appreciate that." Um, obviously, Degsy came in and um, Dabba, David Houston. Um, I kind of knew him from a little bit um, like working relationship in the school, okay. so I was like, right. so I was like, right, not, I'm still, I'm still, still sold by the club. To be honest, I was like, yeah, so I signed the deal. So you get to Workington, and I'm if I right in thinking it was only it was only one year at Workington. Yes, yeah. But this yeah. this was the year that you rose to a little bit of fame. There was a couple of cameras around, if I'm right, because Salford <laughs> were on the rise and um, the whole 90, class of 96 thing was on the TV, the BBC, and you yeah. at Workington found yourself in a playoff final against Salford for, was it the Conference North at the time? Uh, to go into the Conference North. So to go into I, the I Conference think that was the Northern Premier, yeah. <laughs> now it's yeah. been a little bit of a yeah. while for you, maybe since you'd had a couple of cameras around you like that. Um, what was what was that like? Was that a bit weird? Um, obviously they weren't necessarily focusing on you guys necessarily, but I mean, yeah. I, I watched it and I think the presentation was very cool. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Like a little bit of a build up towards we knew it was knew it was going to get filmed. Like I said, it was a good standard of league. That to be honest, <laughs> coming back to game, that was probably the one of the worst moments in football. To be honest, that game. Um, I, I had an absolute, I'm having a great game during that game. And then uh, obviously, obviously, obviously you've seen it. Um, I've, dropped, I've dropped across in the last minute and obviously they went and scored and obviously the rest is history. But 
part and parcel of a goalkeeper, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, come on, the amount of saves that you made during the game, like you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just it's just a, it's just bad. It's just a poor. It's just a, it's just a bad bit of luck, mate. That's all. <laughs> yeah, like it, 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 it is what it is. Like I'm old enough to kind of take it on the chin. It, like I say, it was a mistake. Obviously, didn't mean to do it. Um, but the, I've got absolute pelters on Twitter for it as well. So it's, <laughs> like I say. You take it very that well, is. mate. You take it very well. Oh, I like to say it's. I, t- I try and see it's like all the, obviously the football's massive, isn't it? Um, but for for me, like it's massive for me. It's, it, it's a game of football. It's ninety minutes of football. If my life doesn't depend on it, no one's life depends on this. So that's the worst case scenario. Is I have a bad game, which which well wasn't a bad game. I had a bad moment, and that, that's it. It's and then it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It won't be the last mistake I make. So. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we can shrug our shoulders and get and get on with it, mate. But do you think it maybe soured the relationship with the manager because he let you go at the end of that season and you played pretty much every <laughs> game that year and obviously put them in a really good position in the league and finished, you know, maybe higher than a lot of people would have expected Workington to finish that year. Do you think that kind of soured your relationship with the gaffer? Uh, to be fair, I'm not. I'm not sure um, about that, but. Um... I heard, heard rumours there was me and so it was the other goalkeeper at the time was Johnny Jameson. Uh, mm-hmm. We both heard rumours that we were both going to get kind of let go at the end of the season. This is way before the playoffs. This is around Christmas time. So we thought, right, we'll just have to obviously do our, do what we can, obviously to prove our worth. So I kind of, I kind of had a little little bit of a murmur that I was going to get let go anyway, especially when I got when I did get told. But like I say, it is what it is. Big enough to kind of take it on the chin. But this led back to your triumphant return to Annan, did it not? <laughs> so the uh, the Wanderer yeah. returned home. How did that feel returning back to Annan? Yeah, no, like I say that's kind of where I've spent the majority of my career. Probably where I've kind of got my level, if you know what I mean, if that makes sense. So um, yeah, like I said, I, I, I really like the place. It's kind of done a lot for my my career over the time. It's helped me out when I've kind of been kind of low a little bit. Not in the sense of just any. Kind of some really good people at the club. So at the time, he was the manager at this point, Jim Chapman. So he was the manager I originally left to go to Workington. So I rang him up, said, look, look um, kind of, I've got an opportunity where I'm becoming a free agent. Is there anything available? And he said, yeah, there is actually. So brought himself, brought me back in. Um, and to be fair, I obviously played, uh, done pre-season. The other boy was good. He, uh, he kept me out for the full season, to be honest with the lad. So... And I, I look, I'm, I'm big enough to hold my hands up. If someone's doing better than me in training games, I, I can't. And the, the way, that year they got to the playoff semi final. And um, so I had two years gone into the playoffs, but he played and he got player of the season. So I was like, right, I can't, I, I can't, I can't go to the manager. If he's training better than me, he's playing better than me, and the team are winning, I've got no ammunition to to fight my own corner. <laughs> so, like I say, it was frustrating. Uh, I think I'd probably learned more in that season than I have any other season about myself to be honest but can I say you stuck you stuck with Annan for a couple more seasons after that what was did, was there a moment when you you transitioned back into the number one and and what what sort of happened there what, what made you sort of stick with Annan was there anyone else trying to sniff around and offer you deals by that point did Celtic Nation become a thing with, with the with the little <laughs> cash injection they had going on over at Guildford Park um so it was the season after that, the goalie that was played and got played the season, he left. The manager left. This is where Murph came in. And then there was a boy, a lad called Jim Atkinson. 
Um, he he started the season, the next season. So I was a little bit like, right, this is a year and a half I've nearly missed now. Um, and then I eventually got my chance and I've kind of, especially under Murph, I've kind of played the majority of games under him. I think he's kind of got to a point where like he trusts me. Um, I've kind of developed my kind of more presence about myself now. Kind of, I, I seen it as my spot to be honest, my spot to lose. Um, so, but yeah, no, it was that was good. Um, Celtic Nation, they were probably a couple of years before Murph came in. I think Murph was even at Celtic Nation for a little bit, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no, obviously, I did. I did get mentioned. It would have would have been interested, and uh, just it never, never really, never really got anywhere to be honest. But. <laughs> I would have thought That's your name might have got thrown into the old Celtic Nation hat. Uh, there was anybody and everybody <laughs> associated with Carlisle United or Gretna was was getting thrown into getting thrown into that. I hat. know, I know. And that, Some, uh... apparently it was a it was a pretty good payday for Peter Murphy. But we'll leave that uh, we'll leave that there. <laughs> uh, yeah, like let the let, let the rumours circulate and the, the, yeah, the money, the, the, for the money I was told that lads were on was. Uh, yeah, they did all right. <laughs> <laughs> did all right. Yeah, that's well said. That's well said. Um, so this this is the moment when uh, Danny Granger maybe gives you a phone call and you make your way back over to Workington, and then you like we've just mentioned. Uh, I say just mentioned about about fifty minutes ago we were talking uh, about uh-huh. playing out from the back and developing your playing style a little bit. Um, what made you go back to Workington? Was it was it just sort of like a, a job done at Annan sort of situation? I'm number one again. I'm consistent. Or what was going on? No, to be fair, um, so the the year that I left Annan again was um, got to play a final. We got beaten the um, second leg of the playoff final. Like um, I probably that's probably one of my best seasons I've had. Um, I thought I think I had a really boring start. I think I averaged a clean sheet every three games. Which I think at that levels, I, I, I was happy. I'm really happy with it. Um, got to play a final, played the playoff final, and then um, contract talks after the probably the week after the playoff final, um, and then obviously speaking to the manager Peter Murphy at the time, it, like I was happy to stay. Um, he, I was going to miss get I was going to miss a couple of games due to work. Uh, he thought he, he can't take the risk of. Um, not having his number one, so he's opted to go with someone else. And then at that point, Danny Granger got in contact with me. And um, then going back to there, they, obviously the playing style, so we went back to pre-season and he said, like, look, we're playing from the back. The first session was 11 v 11 game um, amongst ourselves. And he said, right, stop, start. This is what I want you to do. So just paint the pictures straight away, set his philosophy out early doors. Again, actually, he's going to He, um, yeah, I've got nothing but nothing but praise for Danny Green. Just I've got like like I say that's something I've never done before. I was always told get that ball as far away from me as possible. And I was happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then he was like, no, everything comes from the goalkeeper. Every goal kick, play it out, receive it, then uh, then you play start it from there. And for me that was like mind-boggling. So I've done a bit of research. I was like looking at how how to do it, like you kind of not, not how to do it, but how they like the pros do it, like how Edison, Allison, all them kind of guys do it. Um, and then, like, say, um, try obviously watching it, doing it in training is different to putting it in a competitive environment. Um, but I say, he, um, it, I tried, tried, um, not, it's not necessarily my, my comfortable style, my first choice of style, but, um, 
like I say, he, he opted, like, had a bit of a new nightmare in preseason. He got injured, so I missed a few games. So the other boy, uh, Jim, started as number one. So he was Jim was at Annan with me a while ago as well. Um, so he started, he's, and to be fair to him, he's more than comfortable with the ball at his feet. So like, it, it worked for him. So he, anyway, he missed a couple of games because of, um, because of work, kind of this at this sort of level, part-time level work, obviously work comes first. Um, so I, I did get in and thought, thought I played well, got a couple of man of the matches and then Danny put Danny pulled me in for a meeting. He said, I just, I just feel as though we're going, we're going too long at the minute with you in goals. I'm going to put Jim back in. I was like, all right, okay. So anyway, that happened. Then uh, literally, it must have been a week after that, Murph, Murph rang me saying, uh, do you fancy coming back to Annan? And I was like, this is a January transfer this time as well, isn't it? It, it was, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but like I said, so I mentioned to Danny, I was straight up with Danny. And Danny was saying, yeah, that's fine. I, 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 the minute I fancy the other, the lad more than you, with my style. And I was like, and for me, being honest and tell me straight up, I, I can't, I, I couldn't ask for any more. It, it, yes, again, all, all nothing but praise for Danny Granger, to be fair. Nothing but praise. That's it, man. And then it feels like we're coming towards the end now because we're almost at the current day uh, where we where we sort of began. We're in your last stint with Annan and with Murph, and um, like like you've just uh, you dropped a bomb on us right at the start of the show. You've got to have a big announcement, and you've 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 knocked back a deal, but you've been very open and professional about it. I mean, as a sign off. Uh, to the uh, the Annan faithful and uh, the dressing room. Is there anything you'd like to say about the uh, your last season at Annan? Uh, no, it's been like I said, the last season probably wasn't great. I, I thought I played well, but in terms of the league position, that's that's one of the most embarrassing, frustrating seasons I've had. In terms of finishing third bottom, was yeah, that's that's the worst I think I've ever been at that club. In the eight years that I think I've spent there. It was nowhere near good. The standards weren't good enough. Um, but no, like from from people around the club and even the, obviously the fans as well. It, yes, nothing but praise. Like they've obviously helped me out, kind of established where where I'm at now. Um, even like with, I think with, over the first lockdown, there was um, they did a vote for like team of the decade, and um, I got voted into that. So that a massive ah. massive thing for my my career as well. So that like, must say, feel cool. Oh yeah, like obviously getting getting voted. In yeah. that, like, um, yeah, it's massive, massive. Like I said, it's something I probably look back when I finish that, yeah, that people people voted for me for been one of the better goalkeepers in the last ten years. So it was massive. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm up, I'm open the um, I'm open the kind of kick on a little bit next year. Um, and obviously, I, I will be watching what happens. But like I say, don't burn bridges because I've made four returns to Annan. So <laughs> whether it comes in the future, I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> What's the uh, what's 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 the long term plan now? We'll we'll, fr- we'll fly forward into the future. How many how many more years do you do you want to go? Do you just have you just have you just got this constant love just to keep going back to the game and and to keep playing? Yeah. Or do you, obviously you've just had a difficult season, like you've just mentioned there. And and um, does does it do you ever sort of like think that's the age or this I'll I'll feel it one day? Or do, do you have an idea in your head? I'm th- I'm thinking 35, 36, so another mm. five, six years. Um, but then again, it's purely purely m- m- my body, my body tells me. Um, it's right. especially the, the schedule. The last last couple of months of the season was Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday. Like I'm hanging on by a thread. 
and that's even for oh. just a goalie's goalie's point of view. Um, mm. Just little strains. I'm feeling that a little bit more. But like I say, but then on the flip side of that, when we didn't play over the two lockdowns, it just just the hunger was there. Like saying, like I need to make sure every minute that I'm that I'm enjoying it, uh, and you're only enjoying it if you're playing. And that's that's it. And that that, sound, that maybe sounds silly, even if you're in a winning winning atmosphere, a winning team, but you're not playing. It's there's just a little bit of bitterness there. But like I say, if I'm playing, I'm I'm happy. <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you very much for joining us on the Blue Army podcast. I like to finish as always with good vibes, and I feel like this is be a fun question to ask uh, guests that I have on the show who have been involved in. The football manager games. <laughs> Do you, have you ever played the football manager games? One hundred percent. I've wasted. I, no, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not wasted. I have gained so many hours on that game. I love. I love it. Any, Are you going to step like into say, management I, when you're done goalkeeping? Well, no, definitely not. Like I said a bit, a bit of co- bit of coaching maybe, but. Um, no, I like it. I do. I do a bit of management with the school. I do the school football team, so a little bit of management there. But like I said, I, I, don't, I don't think I could do it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I could deal with the um, blooming men. I don't think that's like kind of the older seniors. That's <laughs> so. Do you always sign yourself? Be honest. Uh, I did it at the start, but then like you know, I'm, 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 for instance, I'm, I'm signing for like Arsenal, Man U, but you, then you're never gonna play. But then <laughs> I did find out. Uh, you just, I just let myself run. I would just scout myself. Then obviously, just get the updates where I'm going. So. The best one I think I've ever made was I got I got to Kitty Minster. I think it was the best uh, the best of my career made. <laughs> big big move down south to the Harriers. <laughs> no, tell us, take it, I'll take it all day long, all day long. <laughs> but no, like saying oh. that, love that game, love that game. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan as well, mate. Big fan. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really, I've really enjoyed this, mate. I've had a great conversation That's with you. Thanks. Thank you very much for joining us on the Blue Army podcast, mate. No, I appreciate that, man. Uh, no, no, I really appreciate. It. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Thank you. And uh, that is enough from me and you. I'm going to hit the stop record button now. And that is it from me and Alex Mitchell. Thanks again very much to Alex for the interview. Thank you very much for listening. This has been the Blue Army Podcast, episode 21, I believe. And I think it was really good. Not quite sure what the plan is for next week. There will be a show next week. Not quite sure what it is. Uh, Hoping to get an interview in the bag. Uh, so that should hopefully be what's happening next week. But if it's not, me and Wills will have a crack about all this Zanzala stuff. And hopefully Carlisle will make a transfer and we'll have stuff to talk about. And we'll talk about farming as well, leaving all the Barrow nonsense. It sounds like it'd be worth having a crack about. Feels like it'd be worth having a talk about. So thank you very much one more time to all of you for listening for the Loud and Local segment this week. This is the band called Glass gardens with their song flower queen it's their new single that has recently been released i hope you enjoy it and as always bye for now
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.